everyone, and welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for TV and movie lovers. I'm your lady host, Sonia Stanger, and with me as always are my highly underrated co-hosts, Sean Dunham and Jeremy Leguie. Hey guys! Hello! Ahoy hoy! Ahoy hoy! This week we, have been we are awarded. talking... Oh, sorry. sorry. Go ahead, Sean. No, no, no. I should have <laughs> What have we been awarded? <laughs> no, nothing. You keep, you keep going, please. Yeah, nothing. And that's exactly my point, you know? <laughs> this week, we're talking about the movies and TV we don't think get the credit they deserve. The things we deem underrated, if you will. As always, a full spoiler alert is in effect. You just might find out that if you don't carry Madame Zeroni up the mountain, you're digging a real hole for your descendants. Whoa. Pause for laughter. Pause for laughter and thought. All right. I'm just too blown away. (laughs) Boys, uh, first of all, how are you? How's the first (laughs) week that feels like three months of 2021 treating you? Oh, great. Great, great, great. (laughs) Sean's been Sean's been day drunk since last year. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think that's the way to do it. Uh, I would describe it as overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, like everything's fine. It's fine. Good. Is it like that <laughs> meme of the dog with the house burning around him, where he says this is fine? No, 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 no. It's not like that. It's just like uh, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of things. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we can things. all agree. <laughs> but I think I ha- I think I have a beard now too. Like I think you I do. made it. Sean, Sean, is it there? I would say yes. Can you see it? I pass. <gasps> I pass the, the yes baton to you. Oh my goodness! Aww. It's a big year, you guys. Wow. It's already a, a big year. Did you buy it or something? Is that lace friend? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I believe they call it a weave. <laughs> a face queen. I wish they wouldn't. <laughs> I don't know who they are. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who they are, but I think I think we should have a chat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so <laughs> we're talking about things that are underrated, and as I was thinking about this, I was like, hmm. It's kind of, I feel like people could maybe have different definitions of sort of what makes something underrated. So yeah. how what makes something underrated? How do we want to define it? Is it the critical reception, the box office performance, just how things persist in people's memory? What do we think? I think I kind of, my definition of it flip-flopped between the things that I'm going to bring up. Because some things are, I feel like, very heavily lauded by the audiences. Um, except that they just haven't received, you know, an, any Oscar nom or things like that. So there's mm-hmm. a few that fall into that category where everyone's like, this is great, but uh, awards are not being bestowed upon it. But then there's mm-hmm. also, I have a few where nobody liked it, nobody went to it, and I said, I don't understand, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I feel with with a lot... and. I, a lot of mainstream content that the sort of you know monetary success follows mm-hmm. things being not underrated possibly overrated in the case of avatar that's a different show but um ooh we should have an overrated uh, show yeah we should. should be next um but uh i think that that there is sort of this mentality or break between something that's deemed unsuccessful and then people kind of are able to find it, which is sort of a thing that was with Blockbuster and then died down and is now coming back with Netflix as people with this content get desperate to sell it to anyone. So it goes it goes on Netflix and then, you know, people get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I do feel like for me, the like, I think there's sort of an individual version of underrated and then sort of a societal one mm. where, like, I'll either buy into something or not. And then there's all the just the stuff that I like, like Sean, where it's like, I like this movie. I don't know why I'm we're going to there's there's a one on this list. And you guys are going to be like, you're wrong. But I think it's a great movie. Like, <laughs> I think it's really great. So, okay. um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I think I kind of struggle with this because I often have this feeling of like, is it actually underrated or do I just not know that other people know about it and like it? Or like, 
is it actually underrated or am I just kind of hard on myself about the things that I like and enjoy? And I'm like, mm, probably no one likes this and it's dumb. <laughs> I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. So that's something that I thought about too this week is like, you're like, have it's, you guys it, heard of Marvel movies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you've heard of them. Um, but just just that, yeah, I think you're right, Sean, that the definition kind of can shift depending on what you're talking about. Yeah. So with that in mind, what are some things, some some films and or shows that you feel are underrated? Let's go. Let's get into it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Um, I will start with one. I bring you back to a young year of 2009, um, where a movie called Jennifer's Body hit the screen. <gasps> yes, 100% agree. Um, so Jennifer's Body is written by Diablo Cody. It's the script she wrote after Juno, which was very successful. And I maybe people were just expecting something more quirk or something, but uh, nobody really liked this movie. But I thought it was very funny and weird. Um, it's very, like, extremely gory. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's a lot of witty dialogue, obviously. Very, like, campy performances. And I feel like in the years, in the, the last few years, it's sort of become a new cult classic. Just because its kind of themes are, you know, a bit of revenge fantasy on, like, men mm-hmm. that abuse women. And... Um, and then I also, I watched some of the tra- the trailer uh, tonight as I was preparing for this, and I realized it was probably marketed very badly, because mm. I think they were trying to make it look like a horror, like just a straight up horror movie, and when it's actually a satire of, and... Oh, I didn't know that at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's not actually, like, I'm... Well, I don't know, it, it's, I guess it's a little bit of a complicated genre, but... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it is I feel like it's very extremely fun. Yeah. Yeah. And like, they just put all the, in the trailer, they're like, she kills people. They have a lesbian kiss. And it's like things that are very like, let's get some dudes in these seats. Yeah, exactly. And it's I like, feel like it was Megan not. Megan Fox is so hot. And so then I feel like the crew that, the people that went to go see it were sort of surprised by what they got. Mm-hmm. That's my, that's my guess. Yeah, I 100% agree, and I think this even kind of dovetails with uh, a very 2009 thing where we just really got so angry at hot women for being hot, and, like, Megan Fox, I feel like, is one of those people, like, I I don't know one way or the other whether she's quote-unquote difficult to work with, but I don't know if you guys remember this, it was, like, such a narrative that... She was so difficult to work with and she was so stuck up and it was just this whole this whole narrative we get around famous women sometimes and you know she like just uses her body for fame like I feel like there's this complicated layer of misogyny to it all where it's just like people are only kind of looking at the very surface layer of it and to me that's actually like maybe her best performance is in that movie and yeah like I don't know anyway that was a tangent Ooh. but I would absolutely I, believe that we put Megan Fox through the wrong meat grinder. I agree. And I 100% agree. So yeah, that's a good 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 call, Sean. Jared, do you have one? Yeah, uh I'm going to I'm going to take you guys to a a place that's very not familiar to any of us and talk about something. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this, but we're going to go to a place called Canada in 2012. Huh? What's um, that about? I don't, I yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Lame Canada jokes um, here. Uh, yeah. Uh, with a, a little movie directed by Sean Garrity called "My Awkward Sexual Adventure," and uh, I don't know if you guys ever uh, have seen this. Um, it's really great. It's about this guy who kind of breaks up with his girlfriend. She wants to take a break, so mm. they formalize taking a break. And um, he's really bad at sex, is essentially the, the the key note of this thing. And I think they're in Toronto or maybe Montreal. Anyway, um, a friend of his encourages him to use this break to get better at sex, mm. but he can't he can't do it. So he um, he meets uh, a stripper played by uh, the now Shit's Creek famous Emily Hampshire, uh, who guides him through uh, this awkward sexual adventure. Anyway, he pays her to give advice and like makes him do all these like 
training camp things. Um, it's hilarious. It's probably one of the best Canadian movies that's ever been made. And uh, the fact that no one has ever seen or heard of it uh, blows me away because it is so good. And um, yeah, it's great. It's really, it's really fun and it's really crazy. Wow. That sounds fun. Who is that Emily Hampshire? Really is she Stevie? Yes. Mm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, it's it is it is super crazy. It's it's a very like I don't know. It fits in with like a lot of other rom coms, except because it's Canadian, they're allowed to be a bit more lewd, mm. uh, which is good. Um, but uh, there are some really really funny things that happen. Uh, quite often around oral sex, and uh, <laughs> everyone should watch. It's hilarious. Well, it's oral so sex is inherently funny. Hilarious. It's so funny. Hilarious. It's so funny. Sorry, Jared, can I get that title again? My Awkward Sexual Adventure. Okay, great. That's a good title. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> have you guys seen Obvious Child? The movie I have. Obvious Child? Yeah. I don't know. I, okay, see, this is one of those ones where I'm like, is it underrated? I don't know. I think it actually won a bunch of awards, and like, got quite a bit of critical acclaim, but I feel like it's maybe one of those movies that people don't know about or, like, haven't seen. Um, so it is a 2014 kind of romantic comedy drama, like, woman figuring her stuff out movie about Jenny Slate, um, who is a young woman who breaks up with her boyfriend, has a one-night stand, and then gets pregnant and decides to uh, terminate the pregnancy. And um, I actually really need to... Um, rewatch this uh because I haven't seen it for a while but I feel like it does a really good job of kind of just just removing some of the stigma and sort of like correcting some of the misrepresentation that I feel like often occurs around in, in movies around that decision and um kind of that whole process and just like what that looks like and um Jenny Slate is so 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 good in it and just so funny and yeah, I I really like it a lot. So I feel like people should should check that one out. Yeah, cool. it is great. Mm-hmm. It's been a minute since I've seen it, but yeah, same. And cool. I feel like I kind of forgot about it. I like watched it the first time and was like, "Wow, that's one of the best movies I've ever seen." And then haven't thought about it. Um, okay, any any other ones that we want to talk about? Should we do another round? Yeah, let's do another round. Okay. Well, this is. Uh, okay, so this is uh, going to be a different sort of vibe, but it's called Goofy Movie. It's from yes. 1993. And, like, I would say it was very popular, but I feel like when we're talking Disney films, mm-hmm. it is, like, the redhead stepsister, like, at the bottom. Nobody's taught, like, they don't try <gasps> to push it in your face. They, wa- I feel like they don't want you to know about it. Mm-hmm. Um... And yeah, it's. I feel like it's become a, a cult classic. Maybe not cult classic, but um, you know, millennials remember it, even though Disney pretends that they don't know her. Um, <laughs> and you might know it's. Uh, it stars Max Goof, who uh, is Goofy's son, teenage son. He's chasing popularity. He is getting a girlfriend. He and then his lame dad, Goofy. Uh, decides to take him on a road trip, um, but it is not cool for Max. And he's also going to be mixing uh, this live stream uh, pop star event called Powerline, who is also a pop icon in his own right. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, it's also like it's kind of a bummer because Max is really hurts his dad's feelings a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think he is. But also, as a teen, you're like, maybe my parents have feelings. <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe that's what's maybe that's what's happening. Uh, uh, I, yeah. I, I think I, I think the nostalgia hits hard on the goofy movie because when 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 reminded of it, all I can remember is like a, a lot of flashy fun dancing and heartache. There's a lot but, of like, heartache. Like, like I remember sitting in that theater just like like feeling so bad for goofy because he's always sort of the the joke right you know he just Mm -hmm. he gets hurt he drops the pants he does whatever (laughs) but you know to see him interact with his son and like trying to be a good dad and make good decisions and like have another moment is so heartbreaking 
Yeah. And he's a single dad, for God's sake. Yes. He's doing he's his, doing his yeah. best. Very best. Yeah. He's just, just trying to have one more trip with his with his with his kiddo. And his that son just wants to iconic. hook up with hot hot dog Roxanne. <laughs> hot dog. Another overly sexualized cartoon sexualized teen dog <laughs> Roxanne. <laughs> I saw a really interesting um, Twitter thread a while back. I feel like I personally can't really speak to this, obviously, but it was someone talking about a fan theory that um, actually most of the characters in that movie are coded as black, just like their hairstyles mm-hmm. and like certain yeah. fashion choices and stuff, and um, even like some of the voice actors. And I don't know. I really like that reading. I think it's fun. Um, and yeah, I, re- I need to rewatch that movie. It's so iconic. Mm. Jer? Uh, can I take you guys back to August 16th, uh, 2002? Wow. Uh, Yikes, at, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the, at, as, as Wikipedia has noted here, uh, this film is notable for being one of the biggest box office bombs in the history of cinema. Wow. Wow. Uh, and, and that is, of course, uh, one of my favorite movies. I would say top 20 favorite movies. Uh, Eddie Murphy's The Adventures of Pluto Nash. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> which I have talked about on the show before. It's Jeremy's quarterly mention of Pluto Nash. I and love it. You guys, you guys, Eddie Murphy, Randy Quaid, Rosario Dawson, Jay Moore, Louise Guzman, and more. Pam Greer, John Cleese is in this movie. And I don't know how people don't like I just cannot fathom. It is so good. Um, it's, a, it's, of course, about Pluto Nash, who is a a well-known real m- runner on the moon, which is a, like a <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> and uh, every every time I watch it, things in it make me laugh. It's so it's so good. The twist is great. Randy Randy Quaid is hilarious, and uh, I just don't understand how this happened. I don't get it. I, I've talked to people whom I love who are like, you're wrong. This is a terrible movie. And I don't understand. I can't. I can't see it. And now you don't speak to those people anymore. <laughs> Sorry, mom. It's <laughs> over. Justice for Pluto Nash. God, so good. Everyone watch it. He's the man on the moon. You guys, what more? We've been want? doing this show for what? About 15 years now? And I yeah. still haven't watched that movie after all your adamant recommendations. I know. I really and honestly, this might be the show where the change is made because. I should. Yeah, I really should. Maybe it's time. You know. Maybe maybe we'll maybe we'll do a series where we each pick one movie that we know the other two will probably hate. I, <laughs> we'll we should. I think we should do that. We've talked about that. That's yeah. Anyway, Pluto Nash. If you haven't seen it, go and buy the VHS, the DVD, the Blu-ray, the Betamax, so you know you have it for the rest of time. Um. Okay. Oh, you you don't think you think that technology is just going to go backwards? Well, you need the, Sean, Sean, you need the physical thing to make sure you've got it. Oh. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. 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 That's the, yeah. Um, have you guys seen a movie called Ingrid Goes West? No. Uh, yes. Yes. With Al- that was Aubrey very Plaza? Good. That yeah. was really good. Once again, I just want to say, for any listeners out there who are like, that's not an underrated movie, it like won a bunch of awards it did win some awards um but again i'm like i feel like it's one that maybe people haven't seen um mm-hmm. aubrey plaza i again and also i forget if i've talked about this on the show before i think i maybe have but um I think you have. aubrey plaza is basically a woman experiencing a mental health crisis and she becomes really obsessed with this instagram influencer and so And then her mother dies and she gets this big inheritance. So she moves out to L.A. and basically, like, stalks this influencer and tries to become her friend because her life seems so perfect. And it's a very unsettling, disturbing, like, upsetting movie in a lot of ways. But then also manages to be really funny at times. And, like, I don't know. It's a a really amazing performance. Um, And I feel like it's a really interesting kind of reflection of social media in a way that again I feel like movies haven't necessarily figured out exactly how to talk about it or tell that story in a, in a really nuanced way like I feel like we kind of get one look at like social media and film and so this is another one that I'm like yeah this is this is a 
an iconic movie, and I don't know if people have seen it. Maybe they have, but yeah, strong, strong recommend. And it only made like three million dollars. Yeah. So no, I I think it's I think it's pretty underrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and again, Aubrey Plaza in like a serious role, I love. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Is it a serious role? I haven't seen yeah. that. Yes, it's pretty serious. Like yeah, yeah. Like there okay. are definitely moments of comedy, but it's like it's very complicated yeah it's like black comedy kind of right and cringy also so that's a warning for you sean because i know that's that's difficult for you at times that's okay i've been watching i've been watching uh the marvelous mrs Maisel, which i will uh talk about later and the amount of times i've seen a person bomb and me have to sit through it and just cringe 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 oof Nothing. Ugh, nothing. Really I know bad. that that's a particular one for you as well as watching comedians bomb. I know. So watching comedians bomb is not on my list. <laughs> okay. In the last in the last five minutes of this half, should we do a, like a lightning round? Yeah. Where we each do one quick. Okay, Sean, you want to go first? Okay. So this is very. This is a very awarded film. That's called mm-hmm. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Mm, it has oh. been it has been show it has been given many awards for its choreography, its direction, its cinematography. Uh Ang Lee is the director. Everyone knows Crutching Hiker Hand Dragon. But what I find reprehensible is that um there's nothing for Zhang Z- uh, Ziyi, who plays the sort of young antagonist. Like mm. she's the princess that like basically like steals the sword and goes off and she's the villain. Um mm-hmm. she carries the film like she's the reason of the film. She's so good. She is fighting. She's flipping. She's doing the most work that you could possibly do. And she's so graceful and powerful. And she does not get any love for that role. She mm. might have people might be like, oh yeah, this is her pivotal role. But for the amount of awards that that film won, nothing, no flowers came her way. And I find that shocking. Sean, she's the hidden dragon, though. <laughs> well, <laughs> we can't, you're right. Nobody could see her. <laughs> if you can't see her, how are you going to give her an award? <laughs> nice. Uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to quickly mention, and then I'll get into it more later because there's this is the the tip of the iceberg here. Mm. But um, Chow Young Fat in the Replacement Killers is quite possibly the best action movie that no one has seen. He co-stars with Mira Sorvino, and uh, it's supposed to be this thing about, like, he's like a, a guy, like a hitman who's come from, uh, you know, the East. It's always very elusive. He plays John Lee, which I think is hilarious. But um, uh, this is this is the start of a long conversation about 90s action movies that we've all missed, and I'm going to put a pin in it for now. And Ooh. Chow Young Fat was in my film that I just mentioned. He was. Well. Yeah, that's why I, I thought that was crazy. Yeah. Anyway. Um, very good use of cliffhanger, Jer. I'm proud of you. Um, I, okay, I'm just going to pick one from this list. Um, oh, okay. You know what I think? I don't know again. Okay. I should stop giving a caveat with every single one. Walk hard, the Dewey Cox story. Mm. I feel like that's one that doesn't actually get enough credit for what a like nuanced satire it is. I need to rewatch it, but I like, I feel like it just got dismissed as, like, among all of those other, you know, style of films. But it's actually, like, one of the best, one of the best ones out there. Agree? Uh, I saw it's, I saw it, it in theater a long time ago. And I honestly might not ever think of it again, except that my friend of the show, Nathaniel Cole, sings the Walk Hard song all the time. <laughs> That's true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never thought of that. Oh, God. And I feel uh, like I would never know it unless he just keeps bringing it back in. I I remember watching that movie, and then I think I rented it, or I watched it again somehow at home, probably too much. But uh, that's it's Jenna Fisher plays the, uh, right? Isn't that yeah? Famous? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember a couple times thinking like this is funnier than a Will Ferrell movie. Yeah. And John C. Riley is now going to pass him. Like it's that same vein of, of that same type of movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe that got, that got squished by stepbrothers or something. I'm not sure. Mm. But I, I do remember having a heart attack in the theater. I absolutely remember just dying 
constantly because Tim Meadows is also in it and yeah. I love him to death. And so I just, yeah, that totally killed me. Yeah, apparently the totally. budget for that one was $35 million. Box office, mm-hmm. 20.6. Oh, so that's, that's officially underrated, I'd say. Yeah, I think so. Oh, that's yeah. certified underrated. That's certified. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, and with that sad note, it's time now for us to take a quick break, uh, hear a word from our sponsors, and we will be right back with more spoiler alert here on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. Welcome back to Spoiler Alert. We're going to get back to talking about some underrated things in just a minute here. But first, um, do you guys know what time it is? Or does anyone have the time? Unclear. It's game time. Oh! (laughs) For those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, the game is where I spent like 10 minutes this week looking for a title related to our topic that these two have not seen. I tell them the title. They tell me what they think it's about. I tell them what it's really about. And we all have a great time. Sean and Sonya, are you guys ready to play the game? I'm yes. very ready. He's very ready. This week's title is My Winnipeg. That title again, My Winnipeg. Uh, my Winnipeg? My, my, my Winnipeg? Winnipeg? Not yeah, a My, my Winnipeg. Yeah. <laughs> Don't throw your trash in My Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, okay. do you want to go first? Okay, so I believe that it is about a, um, a famous... Rise or no, a rising star ballet dancer. She mm-hmm. is uh she's on the stage. People are clamoring after her, but she has a major. Uh, she has a bit of a drug problem, and she epically fails. She's supposed to play the lead character of some ballet. She it's a disaster, and so then they fire her from the ballet, and she dries out, and she's like I want to start again but the only place that will accept me is the royal winnipeg ballet and so she moves from her big big city life and she has to move to winnipeg uh to follow her dream of to keep doing ballet and she finds a friends and a nice a smaller uh lifestyle a slower lifestyle and she just becomes a better person wow wow okay thank you thank you thank you sean thank you thank you uh, Sonia. Okay, I think that my Winnipeg is a coming of age story about a young a young girl from the Canadian prairies named Winnipeg, who oh. um, Winnie for short, who mm. uh, moves to Toronto, moves to the big city to you know try and make it, leave behind her small town beginnings, and she's like a bit of a kind of manic pixie dream girl situation or like kind of wants to be. I feel like it, it plays with that trope. Um, and basically just kind of like everyone she meets sort of like sees her in that way and, and tries to make her kind of their little like mascot. Like she just keeps getting, like she gets sucked into this like fancy Toronto friend group and they're all just like, oh, she's the cute little like girl from the prairie. She's our Winnipeg, um, my Winnipeg, if you will. Um, and yeah, I think it's just about her kind of coming to accept the place that she's from, who she is, and just just growing as a person. This is like a okay. gritty retelling of Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she never wears pants. Also. Like all the, all the people she meets are like piglet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A SoundCloud rapper named Eeyore, you know. There you go. It's, it's perfect. A depressed perfect. SoundCloud rapper named Eeyore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, uh, Sanji, you were kind of on the right track there, but maybe the sad male version of this? I don't oh. know. Um, so uh, My Winnipeg is a 2007 film by uh, Canadian director Guy Madden, who um, has got some pretty crazy stuff, so you should check it out if you haven't. A lot of people... He's from six hours away. We should all know. I don't know why we don't, mm-hmm. but uh, he's 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 underrated, but also a very strange man. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> my, from, from what I gather from my Winnipeg, he's a very strange man. Um, my Winnipeg is a retelling of his growing up where he attempts to escape the mentality of Winnipeg by recasting his family members and playing out his memories mm. um, to sort of escape them. And it's this really weird something i'm gonna just read not the synopsis because that's that's gonna take us somewhere down a dark path but i'm just gonna read a new york times article described the film's unconventional take on the documentary style by noting that it and i quote 
uh, skates along an icy edge between dreams and lucidity, fact and fiction, cinema and psychotherapy. And wow. um, that, that is it's quite really the icy good. Edge. It's really good. He um, he narrates the film and interjects, and he has a version of himself in the film, and it's just it's just crazy. And it's almost like a like a I don't how do I describe this? It's kind of like Rocket Man, except like. Mm. full tilt just turned absolutely all the way up anyway um if you haven't seen guy madden's work you should check it out he's done more recent films that are a lot crazier and uh you know really pushing the envelope and just showing us what these canadian filmmakers can make so look it up because Uh it's real good sweet yeah um yeah sean and sonia thank you guys for playing the game thank Thank you you so much for having us thank you thank you so much Mm. um now jared you you teased you teased us all a little bit before the, I did, yeah. the you teased break there. Our hair You're really a tease. high. Mm-hmm. You're a tease. Uh, and we would like for you to, you know, make good on what you sort of alluded to. <laughs> yeah. I was trying yeah. to not say that in a crass way, and I <laughs> it really it really unless you change your mind, and that another in that case, it's fine. Yes, because I, I, prefer, I prefer it that way. Consent can be revoked at any time, as we know. That's true. So. That is true. Yes, thank, thank you for your support in that regard. If you would like to, um, please continue. Yes. So uh, I would like to talk about a year called the early 90s. Mm. Um, I, I One was, year I called the early in, 90s? That's correct, yes. Uh, which I experienced in 1998 or 1999, maybe. Mm, I'm not that's sure. late 90s. Um, <laughs> right, but I was two, so I didn't interact with these things until I was older. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but uh, there is a series of films that do and do not include uh, Chow Yun-Fat and other amazing action actors. Um, but they're directed by John Wu, and he's done some really cool American things. But his work from back in China is so good and hard-boiled might be the best action movie of all time. And it kind of takes place at this intersection of, like, American action guns and martial arts and people just, like, like, it's like an action movie where all of the things the people are doing actually look the way that they would, mm. in a way. Mm. It's way over the top still. It's crazy. Like, there's no... Um, but John Woo's work at this time is so good, and I don't know why... Everyone hasn't seen it. I have no idea. It is it is a love letter to like eighties American action movies, and it is incredible. And I, it's just crazy, beautifully done film work of guys fighting to the death constantly. <laughs> and and I don't know why no one's seen it. It's so good, you guys. Wait, sorry, it's what's so the title good. again? Uh, well, the particular one I'm bringing up is Hard Boiled, but there's a bunch mm-hmm. of movies because when you make movies and they're good, you get sequels. And Chow Young Fat just keeps coming back as a different character or the same character. We don't know. We're <laughs> not sure. They don't clear that it up. doesn't matter. Yeah, no, it does, he's going to shoot that guy and then kick the gun into this other guy's head. And that's all I want to see. Okay. That's it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's crazy. And we should imagine Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, but with guns. Oh and, no! And then, and then we're and then we're on our way, but um, yeah, it's got to be checked out. It's so good. It's it's just nuts. Cool. It's absolutely nuts. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. Do we want to keep? I'm going to give us an option now. Oh, <laughs> just so the... listeners know. Live options. We each have the option to either still talk about something we've seen before and think is underrated. But also, I'm curious if you guys watched anything new this week that other people had claimed was underrated and whether you agreed. So if you did, tell me about that. If you have another one you want to tell me about, tell me about that. That's mm-hmm. the prompt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean, do you want to start? Okay. Well, I feel like I've talked about this already before. I'm sure I have. But this is called Josie and the Pussycats. Yes! Um, <laughs> this, is a, this is a very... This is one of my favorite films probably um it's another film that is heavily heavy satire um Mm. and uh maybe the audience at the time was not expecting it um and it's just about sort of the pipeline of pop stars uh like disposable culture consumerism 
Um, but it's also extremely funny, and the mm-hmm. music is very, very good. And it's so good. I have a, if I could play guitar, I have a fantasy about <laughs> me and two guys doing the three songs that are in that film as a cabaret show called Josie and the, P- <laughs> the Josie and the Pussycats and it would be I think a very good show I, I can watch see that it show. I can 100 I would go to that yeah that sounds great truly those songs have stuck with me for a lifetime and I think oh, they're forever they're so good every like they're at least so... once a month I get one of those songs stuck in my head yeah and I realize how crazy that makes me sound but they're good no I that's just how good they are maybe it's subliminal messaging also it might be just saying Coke Zero is the new diet Pepsi. <laughs> um, Jer, do you have anything? Another one? Um, yeah, I, w- uh, I was discussing this week's topic with uh, wife of the show, mm-hmm. uh, Ellen. And um, she uh, asked me to bring up a movie that I had seen before. But I, uh, I, think, I've, I think I've talked about it. Um, but I rewatched it this week. And it, a- again, is just so good. Uh, it have... Have you guys seen? I've talked about it. It's called After the Ball. Mm. After the Ball. No. no. Yeah. Uh, it's this. It's it's kind of this crazy retelling of um, oh man, which what's the what's the Shakespeare one where uh, she dress a woman dresses like Both a man? That, thank you. Yes. Is that the one? Anyway, but uh, it's about uh, this girl in Montreal who's trying to become a fashion designer at her dad's company and she starts living this double life because she dresses up like a man and is being both people and uh, it's just really great and really fun and super satisfying and I it's kind of like a Cinderella thing as mm. well and mm. uh, there there are literally there's a stepmother and stepsister sisters like it, it very much pulls from but uh, it's just really crazy and fun and I, I don't know why this one was missed. I have no clue. Hmm. It's a Canadian movie, so that's that's definitely yeah. it. But uh, still, but still, it's really great, uh, a really great movie. Yeah, that sounds that right sounds up my alley, fun. and I feel like I've never yeah. heard of it. So it's super fun. Yeah, cool. yeah, Sonia, as um, a she's the man uh, advocate. <laughs> I feel like you'd be into it. And did I think about bringing that up for this this episode, and then say, no, that's not necessary. <laughs> the listeners, so, and, and so you should. Anyone who listens to this show with any regularity knows the feelings that I have with that film. Um, I watched a new one this week because uh, I was like, let me let me branch out. All of mine are like kind of indie rom coms, and I was like, let's do something else. Um, have either of you ever seen the Red Violin? Oh my god! Ugh. Did wow. you hate it? Oh my god! Do you okay. hate it? Right. Do you hate it? Let, allow me to preface with what happened. How long is the Red Violin? Like two and a half hours, I think. Okay. All right. I spent an eternity on an airplane watching this movie <laughs> as I flew across an ocean, and I just remember thinking, like, like I would rather watch Static than this movie. <laughs> was this a wow. situation where that was like your only option? Yeah, that's all I could do. Oh, it was yeah. before. It was the time before mm-hmm. I had an iPod. I had an iPod, but I it was a very long flight, and I knew I only had so much charge. So I was like, I've got to watch this movie, and then I can listen to music. And that was it. That's all I had. It mm. wasn't. It wasn't. iPhones weren't invented yet, kids. Oh my god. They might god. have been. I, I can't remember. I'm <laughs> not sure. Time. But it was. <laughs> it was like 2006 time. or something. Yeah. Anyway, go go ahead. Uh- Okay, so this is a it's a Canadian film. Well, it's a, it's a Canadian director and it's sort of a French film. It's it's multi things. It spans the world and it's basically about um, this this violin maker in Renaissance Switzerland makes um, his his wife. Oh God, <laughs> I really should have thought about how to explain this because it like spans centuries it's 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 just just say it's like cloud atlas Atlas. but with a violin (laughs) it's kind of like cloud atlas but about a violin Uh, (laughs) yeah so basically this woman is pregnant and and it's the renaissance so it's like it's not looking good for her her you know if you're just having a baby (laughs) if you're pregnant (laughs) it's a death trap you're in danger (laughs) so she gets a tarot reading from her servant and she talks about like all these amazing things that are going to happen. And then, spoiler alert, the woman dies in childbirth. And the man makes one last violin. We see him make this last violin. It's red. And then he like walks off into the distance. And then it keeps coming back to this auction where the violin's being sold. And it basically tells 
Uh, and each of the tar- it goes back, it flashes back and shows one of the tarot cards being flipped. And then like one section of the violin's existence kind of matches up with that card. Um, I'm do- this is this doesn't capture the movie at all. You're, you're, you're doing it. It's <laughs> Thank you're, you. It's happening. Um, yeah. I, I actually don't know how I feel about this movie. It was really interesting. And I like that it sort of did so many things. I love a movie that spans... A long time like that like I love mm. something where there's kind of a thread that that weaves throughout there were some really really good performances and early Samuel L. Jackson um and he's like not honestly he's not the highlight of it for me and his whole storyline I was a bit confused but basically this violin just has like m- m- this pull over everyone who comes across it it's like this perfect instrument and it spans like the Cultural Revolution in China, like Vienna in the in the 18th century, um, yeah. I, I, basically, I don't know how I feel. It did uh, cost a lot more to make than it made, and it like mm-hmm. swept the Genie Awards here in Canada, but uh, it only won <laughs> it only won the Oscar for Best Original Score. Um, so I, it's it's definitely like underrated in the sense that it did not perform well whether it Mm -hmm. deserves to be more highly rated is i think complicated but i admired the scope of it i will say that swept the genie awards is the best phrase i know i know i I think i think that the red violin is a like a very clear before its time thing Mm. because had this been a mini series i think i would have a very different attitude towards it that's interesting and um, but uh, I think this is the one where they essentially talked about it like being five movies. Like that's yeah. why they ran into trouble because each each segment is so different and doesn't relate at all, really, to anything else that's going on. Um, you know, Cloud Atlas saved money by having the same actors play multiple mm. people. Maybe they should have looked into that. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, yeah, 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 yeah. No, who it was plays very the red violin? Just this little violin. It's Tom Hanks. Can I spoil the quote unquote twist at the end? Yeah. I feel like yeah. people aren't going to watch this. Um, yeah, no. At the end, it's revealed that he made, he like varnished the violin with her blood and also <gasps> I think incorporated her hair. So the reason, yeah. the, the reason that the servant doing the tarot reading for the woman, it applied to everything that happened to the violin because the violin mm. contained her material did army yeah. hammer make There's... this violin <laughs> <laughs> too soon sean too soon that was this morning <laughs> something pretty big had better break before this episode airs <laughs> i love it too because we're recording a week ahead so i know <laughs> the world may have forgotten by then but let's just leave that i love that um anyway i TLDR, I don't know how I feel about this movie, but I enjoyed watching it, mostly. It was a bit slow. All right, any last quick thoughts about things that are underrated before we move into what you're watching? Sean? Um, Hearing none. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I'm okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, my, my, my passing thought is that the combo that is John Carpenter and Kurt Russell has been long since left on the ground. And we need to pick it back up. That is all. Thank hot you. take. A hot take from Jer. He's furious. Uh, all right. Let's do, let's go into a segment we call What You Watching, where we talk about what we're watching. So, boys, what you watching? Well, as you know, Sonia, because you gave mm. me your Amazon Prime password, <laughs> I have been, I'm frantically watching everything that I have heard is good on there because. I don't know when your trial is up, and I am yeah. going. I am going. I'll get. It. Let me find a date for us so that we know our deadline. <laughs> but it's okay. Because I am still. I'm still working. I'm chipping away at it. So this week I watched all of Fleabag, which mm. um, is not underrated. Or people have been giving it its due, but I was like, I need to watch it. I haven't. Mm. It was great. And then I'm now I'm also knee deep in Mar- the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, um, which is so good. Costumes, perfect. Writing, very good. Everyone's got great performances. Tony Shalhoub is so good. He's it's, so. Good. Uh, 
It's just everyone's firing on all cylinders, and it's just a great show. And so I'm very much enjoying myself. Love it. Nice. He's on a he's on a full binge. You're at the buffet, Sean, just <laughs> waiting for them to ask you to leave. Buffets that's the are only. Outlawed. That's the only. Yeah. <laughs> only buffet you're gonna get in your life anytime the soon. The only buddy. things I enjoy in this life are buffets and karaoke, and I can't do either of them. So. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Devastating. Oh my god, that was so raw, Sean. That was so, so raw. Uh, um, uh, this week, wife of the show, and I finished uh, Netflix's hit Bridgerton. Mm. Um, it, it, it it's pretty good. Mm. Like, I mean, like, like all the production values there, everything. Um, you know, they, they know what they're doing. The story's a bit. You know, whatever. Um, if you're frustrated by people not expressing their feelings, then this is the show for you. <laughs> but um, the show that we have been watching and working our way through um, is the history of swearing on mm-hmm. Netflix, mm-hmm. which Ooh. which which is hosted by a very self-reflexive Nick Cage, and I feel like everything in his career has built up for him to be able to do this. <laughs> Okay, and... <laughs> past guest of the show, Christy Zosman, has said that mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage looks amazing. He she... does look amazing. <laughs> she said something yeah, and... is up with his skin and or hair or getting some work, but he is he is looking good. I, I, I think what it is is like he's... This is the first time I've ever seen him like present himself. Hmm. Right, like he's like I'm Nicolas Cage. Like that's like you know he's he's a he's a big actor. He doesn't host things, right? That's uncommon. Um, but uh, he makes some really like funny jokes about himself, and he performs them in a way that's insane. But they like they wrote it for Nicolas Cage. He emphasizes every swear too hard. The show's really fun. There's a lot of comedians on it, kind of talking about different aspects in history. There's a few, like, professors and historians of swearing and societal norms around it that's really, really interesting. And it's just juxtaposed with this human puppet, like, like I, I can't even, like, barely understand, like, at one point he's, like, yelling at you to, like, bring up some point, and then another point he's, like, whispering and painting a flower that looks like a vagina like it's just (laughs) nuts it's so crazy but it's so good it's so fun um he has one of the best jokes of all time in it and i'm not going to spoil it right now Mm. okay i lost my mind we had to pause the show for 20 minutes (laughs) oh my god i could i could not breathe (sighs) it was such a good joke and it's it's nothing Mm. it's really nothing but um it's great. It's really I can't great. wait to watch it, it and try and pick out the joke. Me too. Oh my god, it destroyed me. It destroyed I, me, you guys. Nice. Okay, I've been you'll, excited to watch this. You'll either laugh it or just be like, what was he talking about? <laughs> and then he'll text you. Um, okay, I'm going to say three words, and I just want to see what your reactions are, my two co-hosts. Mm-hmm. Ratatouille the musical. Did you watch it? Into Do it. you know what it is? Yes. Okay. Is it done? I don't know what's it's happened. Done. It's done. It's... it's I don't know if it's ever going to become a real thing, but basically, okay, how do I do this as quickly as possible? In the summer of last year... It starts in Vienna. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically, it's as sprawling as the Red Violin. Summer of last year, they announced that they were introducing a Ratatouille ride to the Disney parks. And a young woman on TikTok, as people on TikTok are wont to do, just had mm-hmm. that in her brain, and she said that she kept singing this little phrase to herself about Remy from Ratatouille, and then she actually wrote a song and put it on TikTok. Uh, it is a ridiculous and hilarious song that doesn't really make sense. The chorus is like Remy, the ratatouille, the rat of all our dreams, which he's not a ratatouille. He's, he's not a ratatouille. Um, he's Ooh, not. No. Uh, and she basically was like, what if we as TikTok wrote a musical, a ratatouille musical, um, just to keep ourselves all entertained in quarantine? Um, and then it happened. Where people mm-hmm. actually, like, wrote all these really beautiful songs. Costume designers, like, made mock-ups and sketches. It, like, became a thing. And then people were like, what if we could actually make this a thing? And then, I don't know how this happened. I don't know that Disney... Like, they must have said it was okay. Because I don't know how it could have happened otherwise. But Broadway.com um, was <laughs> like, alright, let's do this. And they, in, like, the span of a month 
took 10 songs that people had written from TikTok, made it into a full length, well, not full length, but like kind of shortened Ratatouille musical, and then produced a musical with people from Broadway filming themselves from home. And it aired on uh, January 1st uh, as a fundraiser for the Actors Fund, which is basically um, to help actors who aren't able to work because of the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't buy tickets for it on on New Year's Day because I was like, I'm too tired. And then last night, I just got a notification on my phone from TikTok that was like, Ratatouille the Musical is streaming now. And basically, they didn't quite hit the goal that they wanted to for the fundraiser, so they decided to air it on TikTok and... Um, have a like continuing fundraiser so that they could meet their goal and so i actually watched it and it you guys was kind of good it was so ridiculous it's so silly wayne brady played the dad um titus from kimmy schmidt played remy and did an amazing Mm job they like spliced it all together there was dancing honestly it blew my mind and i was just like how is this real life um, so I don't know that that's something anyone can see anymore, anywhere, um, or whether it was sort of just like a one-time thing, but truly, we live in an insane world, and I love that this is a thing that exists. That is incredible. Uh, I, well, I think, the, well, the decentralized nature of it is yes. mind-blowing, but yeah. I heard about it because Pat Oswald heard about it. Yeah. And tweeted about it. Yeah. And, uh, it's nuts. It's nuts. It's so nuts. Anyway, yeah, uh... Mm-hmm. We live in a truly insane world, and I love that for people, that they got to, like, have their songs be in an actual quote-unquote Broadway musical. But that is all the time we have for this week. So I'd like to give a shout-out to Saskatoon's The Garys for the use of our theme song, Manituna, my co-hosts Sean and Jeremy, everyone at CJTR, and to you, our listeners, for lending us your ears. The show's broadcast Wednesdays at 6 p.m., rebroadcast Thursdays at noon, and is, an, is available as a podcast on CJTR's website and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Stay safe and have a great week! Bye. Bye. Bye.